0: The following is an FWZ collection production. The FWZ Talk Podcast. FWZ Talk Podcast. FWZ Talk with the Jamca. The Jamca. The Jamca. We're back with part two of my conversation with M Accuracy. This time we're talking about old CAW. going to be talking about the COH backlash... which we spoke about in the Travis Sparks episode that was previous to the M Accuracy podcast here also his time currently in CAW from the last time we spoke to him what he likes, what he doesn't like what the future holds and he has some bold opinions so this is definitely a podcast you want to check out, you want to listen to as he's got an opinion on pretty much anything It's another week of the podcast, and I am back once again with M-Accuracy. This is the podcast, the part where we're going to be talking about all things CAW, and uh, I've got a few topics I want to talk to M-Accuracy about in terms of his time in the past year in CAW, since he's been in some very high-profile uh, storylines in the old uh, CAW. Uh, I mean, one thing I want to say, Anne, though, before we continue, last week, towards the end of the conversation, we were talking about your time in the Chillin' Killin' podcast. And I think you're quite good at being on a podcast. And I think you're good, quite good at being a podcast is because you always have a very unique uh, point of view in things. So like we've been talking now, you know, even if there's things we disagreed on, you've brought points that maybe I haven't thought about. I think that's always a good thing to have a, a point of view that uh, is, is very, very justified. And you've got a lot to say in terms of what the topic's about. So I think even if you did your own podcast, I think it would be pretty, pretty, good. even if you're sitting there playing video games, it's, it still works because you, you've, you've got a very... You, not, not that you're stuck in a set of ways, but you have your own opinions. But it's also projected in a, in, in a responsible way, rather than it's my opinion that's that, and that's the end of it. Rather than well, let's 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 talk about this first.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I I try to be that way because you, as somebody who's had that mindset years ago. I don't want to be that guy that's just stuck in his ways because maybe there is another way of thinking that you never even thought about. Because there are things that I think about today that I'm of the opinion of that I never would have been the opinion of years ago. As like, for example, we talked about it, Martha Hart. I never would have thought I'd Mm. be on Martha Hart's side on that whole ordeal. Your mind changes every time as you get older, you get wiser, you got more wisdom added to you, you get more knowledge. You, You need to be open to other things. And um would the you more say you you do that, the... would
0: that say? Would you say when you're talking about that that your your change in the way that you think is to do with something that happened to you, or is that just through age?
1: Both. I think it because some people can grow up and never change. I I have a friend of mine. He's a dear friend of mine, but he's about to be 32 in January. He's a couple months older than me. And the I tell him this all the time. My biggest criticism of you is that um we used to do videos together but when we did the videos together we were 18 at the time if you took 18 year old him and 32 year old him there's absolutely no difference in personality they're the same guy and to me that's a bit problematic because like okay you're 18 you're young you're stupid but if you're pulling the same exact bullshit at 18 as you are at 32 eh, something something's got to give i mean you got to grow up a little bit i'm not and when i say grow up i don't mean grow up in a sense of like if, if you're a, a young guy who likes theme parks and you're 45 and you still love theme parks that's not what i'm talking about i'm just talking about like how you handle situations how you uh, assess situations not uh what you like and stuff like that i mean may, maybe there's a little bit of a creep factor if you're like 50 years old and you're yeah. watching sesame street but um i'm just saying like the way you go about situations the way you mature through situations like because at some point you're going to hit that type of situation again Hmm. but you'll be more prepared for it and i think my my friend he still to this day isn't prepared for such situations like that even 14 years after the fact sure
0: so well um let's get into a uh, can i call you m is that cool to call you m I don't know ever called call
1: Just, just don't call me an asshole.
0: That's fine. <laughs> uh, after we finish this conversation, you're probably going to get some people that probably will be calling you that because we're getting on the to the topic of C A W. Now we're going to do this in chunks and very distinct. But I'm going to go to uh, something that we were talking about uh, with the young man that you do the uh, Chill and podcast with, Travis Sparks. Travis Sparks was on our previous podcast. And I know you probably listened to all that. And uh, one yes. of the situations he talked about was the uh, Hell's Palace. COH, uh, Health Palace 2, COH uh, <coughs> pay-per-view before all that actually happened. So he was saying about that he has the, the Elimination Chamber match, and uh, I can't remember all the participants, so you probably remember. But you're in it, Kevin Cross is in it, uh, and, and loads of other people I can't remember. So he's talking about the thing or the situation where he's getting uh, sort of some aggravation from people around him who want him to book things a particular way. And, of course, they believe that Kevin Cross should be the guy to do so. Now, for you, it's, it's you know, how, you're in that position where, you know, you're put in a position to, to, you know, be that guy that Travis wants to win. So do you not kind of think to yourself where, where you kind of go to these guys and go, you know, whoa, 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 what the hell's wrong with me? You know, wh- wh- why? I, I can understand in a story sense what you believe should go, but surely from your perspective you're thinking, well, you know, why Why don't you believe that my character is good enough?
1: Okay, so let's start from the beginning. We'll start from the Hell's Palace and then we'll work around it. It's going to be like a Quentin Tarantino film, folks. Scenes are going to be splattered all over the place, but it'll eventually build up a timeline. So <clears throat> let me just say st- uh, all intents and purposes that this storyline that me and Kevin were going through was written, well, I shouldn't say written, but it was planned out by both me and kevin this was not just a me thing right. kevin was a part of this angle as well because when we started this travis wanted me and kevin to have complete creative control in our story and i said okay cool um so kevin and i would constantly like detail okay this is where you're gonna go heal this is where you're gonna uh do this to me this is where i'm gonna do this to you this is where we going get blah 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 I knew at some point that Travis wanted Kevin to be the champion. And I said to myself, well, if the point of this angle is for Kevin to beat me in the end, it would make more sense for me to be the champion and for him to win. Do I need a long reign? No, I I'm of the opinion that if I win a title, yes, I want to be built up strong because when somebody beats me, it's going to mean more for them if they're just beating somebody that is just M accuracy. Okay. Yes. I'm a former world champion, but if I'm just losing constantly, then it, the luster of beating me means nothing because now it becomes a point where everybody's beating them. Look at John Cena at one point, beating John Cena was a big deal until John Cena started losing all the time. Then it was like, yeah. well now he mm-hmm. loses all the time. So now the luster is gone. So, in that chamber match, it was me, Kevin, Fisk, Adam, uh, John Blackos, and Heretic, I think it was. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And I knew that me and Kevin thought the best way to go about this was the New Year's Revolution 2006 chamber, where the last three participants were John Cena, Carlito, and Chris Masters. And there's one point where Chris Masters puts John Cena in the master lock, but then he turns around and Carlito low-blows Chris Masters. And then pins him one, two, three after doing all the double team work. So now Carlito arrogantly thinks, well, I am now with John Cena. We just beat the shit out of him. So I pretty much have this match won. But here's the thing. John Cena is a resilient fighter. So he came up, rolled him up one, two, three, because Carlito got way too arrogant. So my thinking was I originally wanted it to be me, Kevin, and um, the champion Kenyon. Because it's like, well, he's the champion. He should at least last that long. Kevin would do his cross uh, crisis cutter, and he would pin him one, two, three. He would get too arrogant, thinking, oh, I got this beat. We've already beat up M-Accuracy. But me not being the squeaky clean baby face, I'm not a white meat baby face, I'd go in, I'd roll him up, one, two, three, win the title. He would get frustrated beat the shit out of me, blah, blah, blah. It would continue until we got to the next CPV, which would have been the Rumble, where the match would end similar to Rock Austin at WrestleMania 17, where we're beating the shit out of each other. We do our finishes on each other. We can't put each other down. And finally, he just gets super frustrated, just beats the shit out of me with a chair. Boom, 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 boom. He would pin me one, two, three. Kevin's the new champion. He's off doing his thing. I'd be going off and doing my thing. Okay. Well, <clears throat> Travis uploaded the show and it got met with backlash. And I will admit at the time when I heard that they were pissed off that I won, I got super furious because it's like my initial feeling at that time was I can't win anything without them complaining. That was my initial thought. But that was the Aries in me kicking in. Before we did this podcast, I decided to go and look at the screenshots that uh, one of the individuals sent me. Um, So the individuals involved, unfortunately, I got to name them. So it's Travis, obviously. The individuals that were um, co- sharing their grievances with Travis were Jay Crack, Sean Walsh, Ryan Carroll, A.J. Young, and Andrew, known as Fisk.
0: Okay.
1: They were showing oh their, their, their grievances. And the one grievance I will give the CAS guys, this is something I've criticized Travis on, and this is something that I think the CAS guys have a legitimate gripe. Their legitimate gripe is that Travis is terrible with communication. He's done this to me before. I'll just give you a brief example. Uh, There was a tournament for the global title. It was a brand new title that he was introducing. And it was explained to me that me and Nate, which were going to be the first match, I was going to beat Nate um, and then go on to the finals or whatever and do that program that I was doing with Kenyon at the time. Well, Travis had Nate win. And it was not told to me that he won. So I know where they're coming from when they're saying that his communication can be really bad. I also think that if Travis had told them one thing and then he booked another thing, that's wrong too because now you're just telling them one thing and you're booking another. If I was in Travis's shoes, the only angle that any talent would know is their own. So like, let's say you're a Sean Walsh, let's just say. The only angle you're gonna know about in advance is yours. That's all you need to know. You don't need to know anybody else's. you are a performer uh, when I am telling you where we're going or you want to give me ideas cool. of where you want to go. You tell me what you want, and that's where you're going to know where you're going months from now. Anybody else, any other angle, you're a fan. You, you watch, you enjoy. If you don't like it, if you like it, whatever. Where they're wrong is I looked through the chat, and one of those complaints was the communication. Where they're wrong, is getting all worked up because guys that they wanted to win didn't win. Two guys, Lewis. literally there was a quote where AJ Young had said that I am quitting because you're pushing guys that don't deserve to be pushed and burying guys that deserve to be pushed. To me, that's that's a little bit crass. So you're going to quit. Before
0: but- you just continue that. I just want to interject with a question, and that is why do people believe or have this idea of who they believe should be supposedly, quote-unquote, buried and people who should be, quote-unquote, pushed?
1: I mean, I don't know necessarily on their end, because this all started years ago. I first got the notion that they were airing their grievances at anniversary when they had um, uh, Stephane Guerrero go over Fisk. Actually, no, that wasn't really my first memory. My first memory was... um, I'm sure you're aware of who uh, Cash is. He was on your podcast. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. He was due to face Mason Chronic at Ultimate Glory. And unfortunately, Cash had gotten some heat because he threatened Sean. Now, I'm on their side when I think that Cash was wrong. He was 100% wrong in that. You, No matter what grievances you have with Sean, you don't go around threatening him. I had to curse Cash out twice for that. And I really didn't like that he he just went and decided, oh, I'm going to send a vital threat to him. So he got some real bad heat with him behind the scenes, which uh, by those guys. And so Travis was asking me, what should I do? And I personally didn't think Mason chronic was ready. He was just, he was brand spanking new. He was, they were starting to build him up. The only reason he was there was because Ray Geddes had quit. So it was a real fucked up circumstance. So I said, if cash is to not leave as the champion, have him win. And then two minutes goes by. And then the money in the bank, whoever won it comes in, cashes in, wins the title. The thing that I didn't realize, because at this time I didn't know there was heat on him was the guy who was playing to win was Stefan Guerrero. Hmm. And hmm. I remember Travis telling me, I don't think that I can handle the, the, the heat that it's going to provide me. Hmm. And I asked, who's going to give you heat for that? Who? And he said, the guys that I just named. Yeah. I, I shouldn't lump Andrew in there because I get the feeling that Andrew – how do I put it? Andrew's a good kid but does not have enough um, wherewithal to stand up for himself in certain situations. It seems like he will agree to anything. I can't verify that. I've talked to Andrew a handful of times. But that's the vibe I get every time I talk to him. Right. So I, I want to be fair on that. But when they're complaining that Stefan Guerrero is going over, it's just like, to me, and and I think Travis already explained to you where their heat with him comes from. Hmm. I personally don't think that Stefan Guerrero should get the same treatment that, let's say, a Sonny gets. Because Sonny... It's an extreme circumstance and it should be an extreme circumstance because he did something really, really vile. He tried to get people to commit suicide. Like if you remember the, um, who's the last guy, uh, El Noveno, he almost drove El Noveno to suicide. And the only reason that he didn't succeed was somebody caught him before he did it. What if they didn't catch him? What if they didn't catch him? What if he would have succeeded in driving this dude into killing himself? To me, that's a vile person because Four years prior, he had already been called out on this shit. So, yes, I think Sonny is a horrible person that needs to get himself evaluated and then move on with his life. But yeah. if you want to blackball a guy like him, I'm all for that. He's not a welcome into this community. But it almost seems like they want a guy like Stefan to be blackballed because of comments he made about Tony Storm or whatever the hell he said. And if I remember correctly, I can see why you wouldn't agree with him. But to blackball him from C.A.W. just because of that and then to go out on a limb and say I'm going to quit if he's the world champion, like that would be like if I said to Travis, if you make Ryan Carroll the Internet champion, which he did, I'm going to quit on you like that. That's that's ridiculous to me, at least to, to just quit, because a guy that you don't like personally is the world champion, because outside of the circle that you guys have created amongst yourselves, which I'm not even bashing. I mean, we all have our own circle of friends. But to just go ahead and say, oh, well, we're going to take a stand against Stefan Guerrero if he's ever made world champion, that to me is just, that's too much. thats I don't know. That's a little much for me.
0: For when you say those things about uh, the, the line of, if somebody does such and such, we're going to take a stand, to what pedestal do you put yourself on to believe that you are an opinion that needs to be listened to in in the sense of you know you will listen to us because we are xyz and having that idea that you are the opinion that needs to be listened to because from from a travis perspective in terms of the show if he's making his show and they say we're going to do this or we're going to do that you would get to a point where you just say oh, i don't care you know because you're just a an audience member compared to anybody else but it's almost as if as he was mentioning. He wasn't really doing the show for himself. He was doing the show to please other people. And if you're in that mindset, you should just not even bother because what's the point of doing something for someone else?
1: Well, yeah, that's where I blame Travis. He allowed them to constantly bring him in. Like, all right, I went through the chat again. And one of the things they said was, why can't you just talk here? We're all asking the same questions. (laughs) Listen, I'm a part of another group chat with um a friend of mine named cinematic venom he too reviews movies um he's trying to do a, a project called the uh, dark knight stumbles 2 case in point it's a, it's a movie that he wants to film and i'm a part of it i really don't like going into that chat not because everybody's bad i like everybody in the chat but a lot is going on and i can't read all of it because it's just so much i'm being overwhelmed by so much to be read to have five guys constantly like asking you questions like, why are you burying Aether? Why are you burying Lewis Rivers? Why are you pushing GMR? Why are you pushing uh M Accuracy? Why are you uh giving Stefan Guerrero the title? As I said, the, there was one instance where Travis brought up uh Ryan Carroll being pissed off that he uh Travis wanted him to lose the internet title GMR. I see where Ryan's coming from, to a degree, because that's his character. He wants to protect his character because he loves the character that he had made. And we talked about this. Me and Ryan Carroll talked about this privately twice. And uh, we're not best of friends. We really couldn't care less for each other. Um, we've had our issues in the past. That being said, we had a cordial conversation, and he, I, I see where he's coming from. That being said, you are pulling, keep in mind, you are pulling a Triple H where you're saying this guy can't make it. I'm not going to put him over. I don't have to put him over. You are telling the booker that you know what's better for his company. What I would like to know is are they doing this to any other company other than Travis's? Are they going to Sean's company and telling him, why are you pushing this guy? Why are you burying this guy? or are they going to Andrew's company are they saying to him why are you pushing this guy why are you burying this guy
0: mm.
1: it's one mm-hmm. thing to care about you this is what this is what i was going to go with this it's one thing to care about you but to get mad that somebody who's unrelated to you you may be friends with them or you may think they're talented it, it's one thing to care about you but to get all worked up and angry because somebody else who's not even involved in your angle is being quote-unquote buried or is losing a match. And and that's probably why I got real angry at the accuracy Kevin thing because it's like, did you guys ask Kevin what he feels? Because yes. Kevin agreed <clears throat> to this angle. Why are you getting mad for Kevin? Kevin wanted this. This is what he wanted. Are you saying you know what's better for Kevin than what Kevin knows what's better for Kevin? Because I talked to Kevin and he – he was fine with this he, he didn't raise one complaint you're fighting his battles let whoever is what you think is quote unquote being buried let them fight their battles you don't need to fight their battles that's the way i see it
0: so do you not hear you know, what, what you're saying about getting angry about this guy and that guy this guy's being pushed this guy do you not sort of take a step back and, and look at it and goes who the fuck cares because it seems like we've, we've put ourselves so deep into, you know, the, the nitty gritties of, of the stories that, like I said to Travis, you don't like it, go do it yourself. What, why beat the dead horse with something that you
1: feel should happen? Well, it's, here we go again. One of the things they kept saying was that Travis is burying the ECW guys. All right. But they are being pushed in the ECW. They are getting opportunities elsewhere. The reason I personally do different characters in other places, like I've done M Accuracy in a couple of feds, but I do Mo Houston in AWF and I do Vinnie Sperley in ECF. Um, and I do that because while it's me, it's a different character entirely, and it won't get too stale to that point. And Lewis Rivers and Aether, I guess were the two guys that they had really gotten upset about they're already getting a big opportunity it's not like they're being buried everywhere they go if you push the same guys in every fed then what makes a fed unique if you're just gonna have everybody push the same guys uh matt black would be another example like they they really big fans of matt black and he's a good talent i like him he's a good guy um we got along really well uh but if he's pushed everywhere in the world title scene, then it just becomes like, okay, where can I go to see somebody else made of Um, I don't know if they know that, but it's, it's kind of like, that's, that's the feeling that everybody is getting, like, especially with Travis, where it's like, wait, I got to push the same guys that everybody else is pushing. Um, I mean, we'll get to the call all-stars thing in a minute, but it's, to me, it's just like, again, going back to what I said earlier, If Lewis Rivers and Aether, let's just say, for example, if they feel they're being buried, then they have a right to tell Travis, are we being buried? Work it out with Travis or mutually part ways. But if they don't care or anything like that, I don't know. Maybe they do care. I don't know. That's still their battle to fight. You don't need to fight that battle. That's just added stress on your agenda that you don't need. And to... And, and again, this is where Travis came at fault because he allowed this to mm. to boil up. Mm-hmm. I knew I knew the second that me uh, there was one instance in particular. I knew that this was going to boil over. I mean, in fairness, it,
0: to- you know, he's not a bad guy. He's not somebody who wants to be involved in it. So to him, he's probably doing it to kind of keep the peace in a way. And, and you can understand that. It's just you know sometimes you got to say, hey, you know, back up. It doesn't fucking matter anyway. So move on. But in fairness to him, you know, I guess he's only just trying to. You know, make everyone happy. But then again, that's that's almost a criticism itself. You're never going to make everyone happy. So you might as well just do what you want.
1: Well, th- that was the main reason I wanted to do this podcast was because I knew that whatever I say, someone's going to end up unhappy, but I'm trying to be as cordial as I can, mm. give criticism, but not bury people at the same time. What I'm saying is there was one instance in particular that I knew that this was not going to end well, whether it be they uh, get rid of him as a friend or he explodes. I don't know. But there was one instance in particular that really just rung really weird with me. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with um, a talent by the name of Daniel Mars. No. Um, okay. So Daniel Mars, he says a lot of dumb stuff. I, I, I like him. He's a good guy. I don't think he's like, he's, I don't think he's sunny. I don't think he is the next Adolf Hitler. I just think he just says a lot of dumb stuff. And I've called him out on it plenty of times. Now, one day he posted something on the COH page and he asked the question. Keep in mind, he was on a hiatus at that point. Ultimate Gloria just finished. And he said the question, what's going on here at Battleground? Now, Ryan decided, I I don't know what precipitated him to say this, but he just trashed him. Out of character, not in character. Out of character, he said, "You suck. You're the worst. You're uh, you, you're never gonna get any better." Or oh, I'm paraphrasing what he said, but he basically said, "You're you're the you're terrible. Nobody wants you here. Go leave." To which Daniel Mars and uh, him kept going back and forth to the point where Daniel Mars went onto his personal Facebook page and name dropped Ryan and told him he should kill himself. And I was like that's very stupid of you because he was already on thin ice at that point he already done some other dumb shit that i don't really need to touch up on let's just put it this way he was already on thin ice so travis asked me what should i do i said well you can't suspend daniel because he's already on hiatus that wouldn't really be a punishment if you gotta fire him fire him i can't defend him on this he was wrong that being said I highly doubt he would have said that on his own accord. He said it because of an argument that him and Ryan were having. They both were having an argument with each other that Ryan, whether he admits it or not, he started. So I would have told Ryan, uh, I'm going to punish you too. It's not going to be as severe as Daniel's because Daniel's already on thin ice, but you got to get punished too. Well, what happened was Daniel Mars did get his punishment, but Ryan got an internet title run out of it. And I said to myself, at this point, they are going to have this feeling that, hey, we can run the show how we see fit. And I could be wrong. Maybe that's not – maybe they have better interest. But when I read that chat, it just looks like they wanted to control the show. It's That's how it's going to come off to the outside if if anybody else reads that chat thinking, who are they to say uh, who gets pushed and who gets buried? But that was my initial feeling that at some point this was going to boil over, whether it be Travis exploding at them or they're exploding at him, this, that, and the other. Because there was already problems boiling up to that point. I was already privy to.
0: Do you not see a trend here, though, in terms of, you know, uh, people get in there and they wind them up and they wind it, wind it, wind it, coming out with everything. And then, yeah, people shouldn't lash out and say things that get personal, but you know, what brings them to that point? People winding them up some more, telling them how how horrible they are and how terrible. So in fairness, they're just as guilty whether you want to admit it or not. You just want to highlight that someone said something awful to put the blame onto here. But the question is, when you start saying things like that, the blame needs to be put on yourself as well because, not to do with he said, she said, he said, you're all responsible for it. You're all responsible for being an adult and you're all responsible for being better to one another, so be better instead of trying to tear someone's character, when I say character, not core character, I mean character in terms of the person stop trying to tear their character down to make you feel better because you don't get anything out of tearing somebody down to make you feel better, that's just a
1: selfish thing to do
0: and that shows the kind of person you are
1: Well, I also think that it it all boils down to that they have they have some sort of, they feel they have the responsibility to weed out all these people who they feel are a a toxic part of the community. But I think they're getting it all twisted by thinking like a guy like Stefan Guerrero, who realistically isn't going to harm anybody. He just says dumb shit too. It's not of a Sonny, but like some of the stuff that, they have accused other people of doing they've done the same like i i'm gonna put over jay crack right now because i would say some of the things that they have gone after other people for jay crack has done in the past i don't bury him because uh for one he apologized to me personally on something that he had done to me i won't go into details on what that is but I think Jay Crack genuinely does want to get better and doesn't want to be that vile person that these other people they think are. The problem is, I think Jay Crack's just going in the wrong direction about it. Uh, Sean, I think he's kind of like in the Andrew spectrum, but not as bad. I do think that Sean does have more um, worth all to stand up for himself when it, it, something's not right. But I also think that Sean is willing to listen. Uh, We'll get to that with the uh, Carl Stars Twelve, but I think that Sean too also has a wherewithal to at least listen to what people have to say. Andrew, as I've already touched up on him, RPG is in that group, but he wasn't a part of that chat that we were talking about, so I don't think he was really giving Travis a hard time. Plus, I think RPG has the best grasp of me personally as my character. I think he's booked me the best, other than Travis. So giving him the props – that's why I came here. I want to give them props. I don't want to make it seem like I'm burying those guys. I just want to give them the props and and their criticisms. But I do think that Ryan Carroll and AJ were the guys that I can see getting real uptight over things that really they shouldn't have gotten uptight about. Like AJ more in particular, like yes, he's right that um, Travis should have been better with communication, but to – Get mad that he's not pushing Matt Black or Lewis Ritter as an Aether, or like with Ryan Carroll, getting mad that you feel your character is being compromised, but getting uh, all equally upset when I win the title after Kevin and I agreed to it. That's just it's it's a little bit ridiculous to me. Um, I would assume that some of the people there, their their hearts in the right place, and they're trying their best to make a good community. But they're also, not realizing that their behavior is what's leading to more people being turned off by their behavior well
0: i, I, was, I was i was about to move on actually but you sort of brought, brought up a, a point there and and i took many things from what you said one of the things you said was um they tried to take out people who they believe are toxic and, and what you do with that is by the end of it you know who's really left just you guys and you know that's it and you're kind of preaching to the same choir after a while but what then it also looks like is I don't like people who don't have the same opinion of me, which makes you look childish because we're all taught, you know, people have different opinions, you deal with it, you have a debate, you and I can have a debate all day long, we might not see eye to eye, but we've seen each other's opinions and that's just life. You're getting it twisted with what you perceive to be toxic is just something that you don't like and you just want people around you who agree with the same opinion and the people that you want to pick and choose with thus when you see all of that together people then create that assumption of well all they care about is what they believe is to be right but you know that doesn't make you any smarter than anybody else if anything it makes you stupid because it just says you can't handle a difference of opinion
1: i would say um i'm not sure if you ever watched um hey arnold growing up that's all but um Okay, so there's one episode where um, there's a character by the name of Rhonda. She's the rich, popular girl, okay? There was one episode where she threw a party, and everybody went, and it was a great time. Well, she decides that she's going to throw a second party, but this time she's only going to invite the cool kids. But the problem is, like, half of the school or half of her class are deemed uncool in her opinion. And then it it creates bad feelings. Well, she has this party, and Arnold was invited because he was part of the "quote unquote" coolest. Well, the party's not that fun. They're just sitting around eating toast and drinking tea and just like being like laid back and whatever. They're not like dancing, the music, having fun. And so Arnold's just like, you know what? Eh, I'm I'm gonna leave. I'm out of here. So Arnold then goes to his rooftop and holds a party, but this time it's going to be for the quote-unquote geeks that she uh, labeled. Well, one by one, everybody at her party leaves, and every time they leave, she puts them on the geek list. Yeah. So now it's just her and her best friend. I think it was Sheena. I, I could be completely wrong. But um, her friend says, I'm going to go check out Arnold's party. And then Rhonda says, if you go there, I'm going to put you on the geek list. And then her friend goes, well, at this point you might as well because the only person now that's on the cool list is you because you've written everybody on the geek list because they didn't a- abide by you. Hmm. I think that's what this that's is a really good, that's like. That's a
0: really good analogy, though, as much as it's kind of funny that it's pale, but you, you kind of hit the nail right on the head with that one.
1: Like, it, I don't think they realize that. Maybe they're not trying to be that way, but that's how they're coming off when yeah. they're constantly saying, like, oh, if Stefan Garot wins the title, then I'm going to quit. It's like, why? Just because he said something bad about Tony Storm? Like, if, if you don't like what he said about Tony Storm, that's fine. We We can, like, agree to disagree or maybe whatever. But just to get so riled up to the point where you're going to make a mass exodus if he wins the world title, to me, that just, it reeks of, like, desperation there that's how i see it
0: so we could talk about this little sort of bit all day but we've got to move on so let's move on with the uh the travis Sparks stuff so in particular um we talked about the fact that we get to the point of him basically wrapping up the uh, the show coh and i asked if it was possibly part to do with you know, what he's gone through and he said yeah it, it probably was um but you know he i, I said to him about you got a great outpouring of support from people who, regardless if they liked the show or they didn't like the show, or they were involved or not involved, they said something that they appreciated it, which proves the kind of um, impression it left on people. And people were generally saying good things about him, and he was pretty happy about that. When he decided to hang the boots up, as they say, most people were obviously in that state of mind, but of course you were in that sort of circle, as it were. So what I'm guessing you
1: didn't look at it as, oh, man, Travis is leaving.
0: You're just thinking, oh, shit, here we go.
1: Um, Well, Travis had told me he wanted to pack it up before that. He um originally said I was just going to do the Hell's Palace, do a couple more shows, and then do like a big finale show. That was one of his original plans. And I remember saying to him, okay, then the final match should be me and AJ because by that point, me and AJ would be the world champions and just have the two world champions collide. But then he thought about it and said, you know what, I'd rather at least get to ultimate glory, give everybody their storylines, let it flourish out and then do like a big finale show. And then he wanted to do like the big final match, being me and Kevin, because we're the last we were the only two guys that were working with Travis since day one. Um, And jay crack was upset about that and and i can see where he was coming from where he was upset because he wanted to work with me i wanted to work with him um by that point i would have been a world champion i already won two ultimate glories i would have been built up pretty strong i had no problems putting jay crack over at all um but he felt like as if if this was going to be the end and there was going to be no continuation then we're just having a match for nothing because this was supposed to elevate him to that next level to the world title status i guess so they were kind of – at least he was kind of upset at that. I don't know if everybody else was. Um, but Hell's Palace, yeah, originally wasn't supposed to be the end show. In fact, even after all that had happened, Slam was not even supposed to be the last show. Oh. I don't even know. Uh, he was going to at least try to salvage things. I remember him telling me he wanted um, – if Patriot was going to win the uh, Internet Championship, have Patriot – face Bobby Mitchell at some point and drop it to him. I don't know what he had plans for me. I guess we were just going to do the Kevin thing. I mean, at that point I wouldn't be facing Jake crack cause he was going to fire Jake crack at that point. Um, I probably would have asked to work with Scott cause Scott and I have never had a one-on-one match in our history in COH. Uh, but yeah, it, it kept changing over time, but eventually uh, when he worked on the slam episode, like he said, I said to him, you do realize when you upload the show, they're gonna, they're, there's going to be a lot of heat on you. Oh, because, so
0: you already knew about the Slam show before it came out.
1: Well, we had talked about it. And the one guy that he had thought about was GMR beating Ryan Carroll. Um, which I'm surprised he didn't go that route. The only reason I think he went with Patriot was because, you know, Patriot, Bobby Mitchell, whatever. But also, Ryan Carroll had issues with the Patriot character in the past. So I would assume that was out of spite. Um, so... I think that's why he put Patreon in that spot. And of course, the Saban Guerrero thing was the money in the bank. That was his ace in the hole to get the title off of AJ Young. So,
0: so if, uh, if, we, if we're getting to that point, then, since you so you already mentioned it, so everything that happened in that show, did you know or saw it before
1: it was released? Um, I didn't see it before it was released. I saw it when it was released. Uh, but I knew at least those two matches in particular, uh, what he was going to do. And I said. So, uh, I, was, I, was I, mean, back,
0: I was about to say you're looking at that and saying, you know, people are going to react to that.
1: Like At first, I'm like, oh yeah, that's funny, whatever, this, that, and the other, but when he was actually serious about actually doing it, I I knew that at least those guys in particular were going to be upset because um, AJ would have been made to look like a fool and Ryan Carroll would have been made to look like a fool. It, it clearly was, at least those two matches were out of spite and the, keep in mind Everybody thinks that it was just Hell's Palace and that that caused everything. It it was years. In in Travis's case, it was years of pent-up frustration from specifically two guys that he felt were way too – how should I put it? Too abrasive in their opinions on the show and constantly berating him on how he should be doing his show, being that the dude's got two jobs, however many jobs he's got – and trying to do this show. Meanwhile, um, RPG came up with the uh, highlight reel, which in my opinion is great. I love the highlight reel. It's just, it adds more time in editing matches. Absolutely, so it's yeah. more time consuming. But um, so while RPG definitely deserves a lot of credit for that, it also set a precedent that now this is the new way to go to creating shows. It, it's taxing. And it's just like to have to constantly work how many hours in the day due to, to your job to do this show to help please all the talent that you got only to have a bunch of people get really upset and just not with the quality of the show as far as visually and how it was put together, but the booking and how they don't agree with the booking and they're just giving them so much crap. I get that, yeah, no um, art is uh, immune to scrutiny, but this was was not scrutiny for like making the show better. It was just like, I, I personally think with the Kevin thing, They definitely were not looking at it from a perspective of what story me and Kevin were trying to tell. They were looking at it from a Michael Bay explosion, wham-bam-thank-you-man moment. They just wanted to see Kevin win without actually going through the motions of where Kevin had to go as a character to get that win.
0: So, all together with the, the COH, I'm guessing that that is something that's left a bad taste in pretty much everyone's mouths.
1: Um I do recall a bunch of talent that aren't involved with the the people that were um criticizing Travis privately. I do recall there were people that were put off by it, um but there were also people that loved it. um He may have brought some names out there Nate loved it, Ray loved it um and et cetera et cetera. So there were people that loved the show um it was great seeing Patriot get an internet championship, but um, (laughs) he just couldn't do anything with it. Like I'm again, I'm a guy that if I win a title, I want to be built strong for the next guy. That's going to beat me because they need to benefit somehow. They can't just beat somebody that just won a title out of a fluke. They need to beat somebody who is a legitimate champion so that they look like a a legitimate champion as well.
0: So, that's come to an end we of course don't know if that's uh, if it if it will be in the future he's pretty much uh, finished with it as he claims and that's the, the the end of that but one thing we've got to talk about with uh, with you is uh, you know in terms of your uh, I don't want to call it core really bloody hate that word but your little uh, hmm. little c- career in terms of sort of places that you've been and everything else like that kind of got brought into the fourth front where at uh, the, the wonderful event the uh, Cool stars 12. You're in the main event. You are against Ben Hopkins. You are with uh, Kevin Cross. And who else was the last one? I can't remember the last person.
1: It was Matt Black, Ben Hopkins, Kevin Cross, and okay. myself. So,
0: so, I mean the first thing is, why is that a fatal four-way rather than a singles match?
1: Okay. I don't know why Kevin was inserted. I do know why it was Matt Black. So, this is where my gripes are with that match, and I told Sean this privately already that that I had a major gripe with that match. So, in this this all begins last year, uh, in the build up to Carl Stars Eleven. Um, I already did the angle with Sean O'Connor, um, the two matches. I felt it could have been better, not based on Sean O'Connor, because I think the dude is great. I think Sean O'Connor and I, if we had a legitimate feud in a uh, an actual company because i don't really call call All stars a company it's more like a festival um if we had a legitimate feud in a company i think him and i can tear the house down as far as promo quality um, because the dude is he represents the opposite of what i represent as a character and i think it works so well but i digress so i just finished up doing that angle with him with call All stars and um conspiracy and so uh, Sean came up to me and said, how would you feel about M accuracy fighting in the rumble? And I said, eh, I guess I didn't want to fight against it. Cause I didn't want to be hard to work with. So I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. But I said to myself, if I'm going to be in the rumble, if I'm just going to be a guy in a rumble, I'm not going to be just a guy. I'm going to give you a storyline that is going to get people emotionally invested in this rumble and want me to win as a bait face. So, I created a three-part series where um, I talk about the story. Uh, M-Accuracy, for most of his career, was always uh, uh, unorthodox. You didn't know what he was going to do. You didn't know about his personal life. You just thought he was like a heartless prick who just likes to torture people for his own amusement. But come to find out that in his past, before his career, he had a girlfriend. A girlfriend of which um, actually, not humbled him per se, but was like the perfect person to deal with his nonsense and to kind of like settle him down a bit. Um, There's more details, but suffice to say, she gets killed in a car accident. And the reason he's bringing her up now is that in his mind, she's speaking to him, whether it's a spirit or it's just his mind playing tricks. So he's dedicating the rumble to her and feels that in order for his career to mean anything, he has to win the Call All-Stars world title, putting over the belt. Right. So we get to the Rumble, and I remember Sean telling me he wanted the final two to be me and Matt Black. He wasn't really sure who was going to go over. I think he was leaning towards more Matt Black. But we get to the match. He does the match. It's me and Matt Black, as he said, and Kevin Cross comes out and screws me. He screws me out of the match because he distracts me, and I get eliminated by Matt Black. Totally fine with that. It, it's, it's another layer to the story. I have no qualms with that whatsoever. So that's when he tells me that what he wants to do is the fatal four-way. Kevin, Matt, myself, Ben Hopkins. I'm like, okay, I I guess. I would have done it just me and Ben or me and Matt Black, but whatever. That's what he wanted. I'm cool with that too. So he decides to give uh, Ben Hopkins a bunch of title defenses. He wins all of them, and he holds the belt for a year. I'm not sure exactly what he was doing with Kevin throughout that or Matt Black, but basically Matt Black was hyping him up as the Royal Rumble winner. And at some point, he wanted me to face Ben Hopkins for the CAS title at an a- AWF show, which I do. Right. Now, right. for the second time in a row, we have this match. Kevin Cross and Matt Black screw me out of that title. Again, no qualms. It's setting up Call Stars. That's where we're going. That's where we're heading ok, so we do that, and I decide to do another three part series similar to last year, where I don't think I can do it. I don't think I'm gonna win. I'm unconfident in myself. And then, um, I would have Travis, who we've worked together for so many years, try to slap some sense into me. And then the third video is me being meditated and me speaking to my dead ex or my dead girlfriend. I actually got a female actress to do her voice. Right. And I thought, okay, this is, this is great. So I'm thinking, Either I'm going to win the title or I'm going to at least get my revenge on Matt Black and Kevin Cross. And it's going to be me and Ben Hopkins and Ben Hopkins retains and I can shake his hand, whatever. Well, we get to the match and I'm the first one eliminated. Not only am I the first one eliminated, but I'm eliminated by Kevin Cross with double team work from him and Matt Black. So I'm like, wait a minute. I got screwed out of the Rumble. I got screwed out of the uh, AWF show. And now when it's time for me, the babyface, to triumph and get my revenge on Matt Black and Kevin Cross, I got screwed again. But this time, there's no way to, like, manipulate it to where they cheated. I got beat fair and square first. I was like, if, if what was the point of me uploading all those promos if you were just going to straight up eliminate me first? I can't necessarily prove it. Please do not take this as gospel. This is just assumption. So I'm probably making an ass out of you and me. I do feel that somebody told Sean to have me eliminated first. Okay. I think that because in the chat at Hell's – when they did the Hell's Palace deal, somebody kept asking the question, who asked for an M-accuracy title reign? That was one of the questions they kept asking so somebody probably said the same thing there but i remember other than ben hopkins i was the second favorite to win and i got eliminated first and i know sean tried his best to tell me oh no this ain't this this doesn't ruin your character it can give it another layer or whatever and kevin too tried to try to get me to understand maybe this isn't a complete burial of your character but it's like dude i got screwed by the heels at the Royal rumble. I got screwed by the heels midway to our big match. And now the big match to the finale of the story, I got screwed again. Who could possibly care about me fighting for the title now that I had huge problems with it. But my big thing is, was it really the original idea for me to just be eliminated first? Or was somebody telling Sean, yeah, get rid of him first because you know, who, who wants an inaccuracy title, right? And it's like, I'd be more than happy to drop it to whoever you wanted to. I'm not going to pull the whole, um, I'm not going to lose it to this guy. I'll be more than happy to have a short reign, long reign, whatever you want. But I was telling the story because I, I'm a visionary. I love telling stories. And if I win something, I don't want to just win it for winning it. I want to earn it. I want to show you that I'm creative enough. Not to mention uh, to also add to the fact I recorded one of those matches. I recorded the latter match because I wanted to give it a shot. He gave me the most complicated match to try and record, and I did that to show that I'm not here just to be like, oh, give me a world title. I want to earn that title. I want to earn the 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 pointers of, hey, he created a good story as a babyface, let's give him some props. Because originally he wasn't even going to have me as the final two in that rumble, I don't think, but because I came up with that story, he said, okay, we're going to go with this. But it felt like to me, maybe that wasn't their intentions, but it felt like to me that all that work that I did was for nothing. Because if Sean had told me when I told him the ideas of what I wanted to do leading up into that, if he told me you're not winning the title, I wouldn't have given him any of those videos. I would have just said, you know what? Screw it. I'm just another guy in this match. Do what you got to do. And that's it. I don't want to be made to look like a, an idiot while uh, giving you the story.
0: Do you think maybe possibly because they – Know that you have this relationship with Travis, who is not in their their good books, and maybe as a possibility, thinking you know, well, he's maybe leaning to that side. Maybe maybe I can't a hundred
1: percent trust him. Listen, I don't. I, as I said earlier, I don't get along with Ryan Carroll at all. But like, I don't hate the guy. He he's gotten under my skin, and I've probably gotten under his skin. But I don't hate him. I don't wish ill will towards him when i heard that um ray Geddes threatened him with the baseball battle whatever the hell it was uh, not a story i care to get into that's just the basic gist of it i was on ryan's side i was like i don't care what ryan did to piss you off to give out an address or whatever to threaten the guy i'm gonna side with him regardless of how i feel about him i'm gonna be fair i I try to get along with everybody to the best of my abilities. If you don't like me in the end, fuck it. It's, it is what it is. We're not going to, we're not all going to get along in the end. The best we can do is just try our best to live on the same planet together. But Hmm. it's, this goes, uh, all I'm saying is if, if their thing is, is that I'm friends with Travis. Listen, I didn't remove you guys when Travis fell out with you because I don't feel that was my place to do that. You guys had a point. Travis Travis has terrible communication skills. I will agree with you on that. If he told you one thing and then said another, that's on him. He's wrong. I get that. I don't think that this scenario with the whole blow up was one party was right. And the other party was wrong. Both had the wrongdoings that just collided with each other and it exploded. Everybody had their own uh, responsibility in this whole entire scenario happening. But, I didn't remove anybody in that scenario because it wasn't my place. That's unfair for me. When that story came out with Max, with him and his ex at the time, everybody sided with the ex. My decision was: let me see what Max has to say about this. Sure. I'm not going to talk sure. about what he said. He told me his story, and that mm-hmm. was that. It was uh, it, let's just put it this way: it was the typical. He has a story. She has a story. The story, The truth is somewhere in the middle, and I can't verify either or. Gotcha. Yeah. But. I'm not the type to just go ahead and remove somebody just because they had a disagreement with somebody else. All right? I – and I always give the benefit of the doubt whenever I hear a story incident. Like I said, with Ryan Carroll, we don't get along, but I sided with him on the Ray Geddes deal. It was wrong of him for uh, for Ray to threaten him. It's it's ridiculous to threaten people over a hobby, and, and I get it. Ryan can be confrontational, but – at the end of the day it does not justify violence and that's that's the thing but if if people are mad because i'm remaining friends with travis because he fell out with the cas guys and that that's a whole other issue entirely that you need to work out for yourself because like yeah in the end it's it's not it's not healthy to just like join this cult like uh, phenomenon where okay it's if, if these people don't like him then we can't like him either i'm i'm not playing that role that's that's not me
0: I kind of feel like you're in a uh, a kind of difficult position in the sense of you you put your your case right now what you just said, but I feel like there's going to be a a point where, and, and I kind of seen it with them before when when I've sort of been around and and it's kind of you can be as they say on the fence you can be uh, passive when it comes to, to situations and you know I'm like that as well where it's you know you know if I don't see I'm not I'm not interested that there comes a point where you know when when it comes to people that they don't like. You need to pick a side, and and eventually, you know, you will have to eventually pick that side at some point And you're either with us or against us. Because I always used to remember those comments that used to come out, where it's, "Man, this is what, when when someone had done something really, really bad, and this is why we tell you to to not side with these people." And maybe now you listen to us, and and kind of they know that there are some people you can't control, there are some people that won't pick a side. But in the back of their mind, they're frustrated that they want
1: people to pick a side, and that side being them. And and I do recall one of them saying, because I remember Nitro used to feel that way. I'm sure you, you're familiar with Chloe. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nitro has said the same thing, that uh, Nitro feels that they're being put in a compromised scenario, and they implore him, or her, excuse me, um, they implore her, no, you're not put in a compromised position. Uh, you could be friends with whoever. But as I recall, the second I said to people that I'm not against Chris – I don't think Chris is a malicious person I just think he's a hothead he says a lot of dumb shit when he has his temper tantrum going I still think he's a good dude you don't have to think that but uh, AJ removed me when I said that when I made that comment he he was completely flabbergasted that I would still be cool with him and Mm -hmm. remove me as a friend now he's entitled to do that if that's what he wants to do but then don't claim that oh you could be friends with whoever we're not pressuring you this that and the other when you clear the arc because you're basically saying if you're still friends with them, then we can't be friends. And it's like, why, why does it have to be that cut Absolutely. and dry? Yep. Yep. Like, if you don't like him, I can understand. Cash has done some real dumb shit that I cannot defend him for, that I've cursed his ass out for. But to say that, well, you can't be friends, it's, it's the same vein with, again, if Travis came up to me and said, you got to cut off, let's say, J-Crack, for example, I'm not going to cut off J-Crack. The dude just went out of his way. I didn't even ask him to. He apologized to me for a situation that he did, that he admitted it to, that I wasn't even aware of. He admitted to me that he did his bad deed and wanted to get better. So I'm not going to remove J-Crack because he said what he said. He's he's owning up to his mistakes, okay? I'm a 31-year-old man. I'm not going to create enemies just for the sake of it. But the reason I think what why they come off crass i'll just give a brief example is when when sunny first sneaked back into the community he was sneaking back into the VWU community and there was two people that got involved it was me and ryan who um ryan I, i'll say what ryan did first because he was the first one to notice that he was there so he goes and says to he starts cursing out sunny he curses out sunny and um I can understand he's emotional because I mean what he did, but he starts cursing him out, and then someone jumps in and is like, what the hell's going on? Keep in mind, they have no idea who Sonny is and what he's done, this, that, and the other. Now, him being emotional, he goes out and tells them to mind their business. Well, with more explicit mind your fucking business or whatever, and they ban him because they're thinking, Oh, he's just coming here to start a fight. Well, when I heard all this, I decided, you know what, let me talk to them because. Sonny has been deemed a problem and they need to at least have acknowledgement of what they're in for. Went into a Skype call with them. I didn't scream at them. I didn't yell at them. I said, here's his rap sheet. Here's what he has done. And we're just saying that this is a possibility this may happen to you. Hmm. Just a heads up. They heard what I said. They didn't combat me. They were listening. They said, thank you for the warning. We will keep an eye on them. That's it. They responded differently to two different people telling them the same thing because we both delivered the message completely differently. One person was volatile. Now, they claim that he was just warning them of Sonny, but he was warning them of Sonny in a way that made it look worse than it was. And that's, that's the point in contention, is that you may have your heart in the right place and you're trying to send the right message, but if you don't deliver it in a way that can be understood by many people, then all it's going to be is people thinking that you're just a hothead, which is why when they post something saying, Oh, just remember that he's coming from a good place. Just know that to people outside of it, that looks like you're just mostly doing damage control for your friend.
0: But the difference between <laughs> the difference between what you said and what he said is, is the difference is you've come in as a, as a passive opinion in terms of laying it down in terms of I'm giving you advice the problem with him and others is it's not even, you know, oh, he was emotional. A lot of the time, and it, and it happens quite frequently, it's always, let me tell you what you should do because I know what's best for you. You know, kind of like a weird-ass parent. It's like, um, I don't know you. You don't get to tell me what to do. Thus, that then loses the point of what you're actually trying to get across in the first place.
1: Well, that's why I want to do this because I want to, if, if I've been rude in any way, not just to you or to anybody listening to this, please tell me, please message me and say, I think you came off rude. Mm. I don't want to be that guy that comes off rude. I want to be that guy that wants you to hear what I have to say. If you want to agree, that's fine. If you want to get better, that's fine. If you want to disagree, whatever. That's why I'm trying to implore everybody. I don't want this to be a bash the call all stars guys, because there are guys there that I genuinely think are good people. I think Sean's a good, a good kid. I think Andrew's a good kid. I think Jay crack is, getting better as a person i like rpga i think he has the best uh vision of my character even though i'm a heel in this company i think they're great me and ryan Carol, we don't get along but our last two conversations came up very cordial it was the most cordial i've ever h- had a conversation with him on aj we had a conversation we don't get along but hey it was cordial i'm putting this out there as okay they have their points they have uh a a, a position that i can see what they're saying the problem is the deliverance of that position can come off really ugly to other people and there's other people that i've talked to that have not made their opinions known yet but if they were to make their public uh, opinions known there are more people out there that are not a fan of what behavior they're putting out there
0: why do they feel they can't uh, tell their opinion of that
1: because they feel that these guys will react in a way that will completely ostracize them so, i've gotten to a point where i if if i get ostracized then okay you, you either you didn't listen or even with me trying to be as polite as possible and giving you the benefit of the doubt agreeing with you not wanting to remove you as friends that means that this is clearly a my way or the highway deal but they probably are scared that they're going to be banned from any CAS events or any of those companies
0: you're absolutely right, and I, I remember thinking this uh, before when when you'd have people who say, "Man, I'm not talking to you because you did this to so and so, so I'm not going to talk to you and, and, and in my mind I'm like well wow, a second, do you not have your own opinions? No, what you're doing is you're doing it to please other people to kind of almost be safe and you know i I, I don't get angry with those kind of people who don't like me or like anybody else because they, they're kind of doing what they feel they should do. I look at it as, well, you're not you're not fully, you know, fully have the courage to say who you like, who you don't like, and making sure that everybody around you understands that and we all live together to be able to understand that we all have different opinions. And I tell you what, that linked to me one time and that was there was a particular individual who had blocked me for, for some reason and I, I didn't know it. And uh, he he contacted me, I'd spoken to him in a while, and he said to me, hey, uh, I so- heard your podcast with, and it was a friend from a different group, and I said, hey, yeah, how you doing? Uh, just chicken, out, it was okay. He said, hey, I just want to tell you, I uh, I blocked you, um, I, I want to say I'm sorry that uh, that I did that. And I said, no problem, no worries, whatever, and uh, didn't ask much, but then I was kind of was a little bit curious, so I said, just out of curiosity, um, why did you block me? Did I do something to bother you? Did I, did I do something to, to upset you? Was it my dry sense of humor? I said, so?" To- and I remember his response was, "You know, I don't know. I really don't know why I did that." And we basically got this conversation of he did it because he was told to do it. And that's my point. You know, we're creating this idea, or they're creating this idea, that you have to do it. And the problem is that they can get away with saying, "Well, I haven't deliberately told people to do that. I haven't told people to block. It. I haven't told people what they can and can't do." It. But what they don't understand is you can say things without even saying it. It's the way you behave. It's the way you kind of walk together as the group and it's the way that you portray yourself which makes people believe you know oh i i think this is what's going to happen to me if i don't do this if i don't like this person they don't like if i like a person that they like
1: right and it's it's the energy that you give when certain situations like this occur like um i'm trying to come up with a less extreme example but like really it's only really Stefan it's like you when you come out and say that we're not going to work with him because of what he has done in the past what he has said it gives that walk on eggshells vibe yeah. around people that think if i say something bad then i'm going to be like stefan and end up yeah, I- yeah, yeah. I couldn't be like that. Like, I I try my best to give you my opinion as honest as possible, but try to be as nice as possible without having to be like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're an asshole because that doesn't accomplish anything. I don't want you. I, I don't want to create a fight. I want you to understand where I'm coming from. And when somebody says, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, then nothing ever is accomplished. All you're hearing is somebody who's either bitter or just wants to start a confrontation. But. When you have this mentality that, okay, if we don't like this person or if they've done something that we do not like, we're going to go all about and uh, m- go ahead and make memes about him, not bring him into our company, this, that, and the other, then most people are going to be like I- – I guess it's pathetic to say, are you going to allow these people to control what you uh, – absolutely, how you feel and what you think? But it's like, well, at the end of the day – you created Call All Stars. It's a great event. Everybody likes it. If They think it's pretty much a wonderful thing to have all these call companies come together. But now you've got people who are within the Call All Stars community who have created this aura that if you slip up, yeah. you, this could be the yeah. end for you.
0: Absolutely, yeah. yeah.
1: And, and again, there are certain things that I can't defend certain people of. I can't defend Daniel Mars for all the dumb shit that he's done. I can't defend Chris for what he's done. He's done some dumb shit. Um, I can't defend Ray for going ahead and threatening um, Ryan with a baseball bat. I can't defend that. But in the end, what about the other guys who don't, who are under the impression that if they do something wrong, that they're not going to be invited to do the show and that other people are going to be told not to. I mean, manipulation is much easier than people are led to believe. And they have they have a power within their voice that they don't understand like how powerful it truly is.
0: Couldn't have said it better myself. I think you hit the uh the nail straight on the head once again. And uh we have been uh, we've been talking for a long time. We've uh, especially got all the, the different mm. things out. And uh before we do wrap up this uh this old show, we uh of course we would usually do a, a quick Q&A, but I think probably one question, which is probably the best question uh, in terms of since we are now in the, the new year, the 2021, what do you, uh, what do you hope to achieve this year? And what do you hope to happen this year?
1: Well, I hope to be proven wrong in one aspect of, uh, as I said on uh, the Chill and Kill podcast with Travis, and I've said this publicly um I'm of the opinion these lockdowns are the new normal like uh, when they say the new normal the new normal is we're going to be wearing masks for the rest of our lives and we're going to be six feet apart for the rest of our lives no big gatherings i don't think these lockdowns will ever end and Um. i hope 2021 will prove me wrong otherwise
0: i agree yeah i know you guys have had a little bit differently because it's kind of more relaxed but we have been so many different tier restrictions so many different um you know, what we can and can't do every so often, and it always changes, and it's kind of almost that people want to rebel now because things have been taken away from them where they're not able to, to, to live their lives. Whether it be Christmas, whether it be New Year, and just general
1: stuff like uh, you know,
0: outdoor things, uh, gym health kind of things, schools, colleges, all that kind of stuff. But, well, it's uh...
1: not just that, but it's the idea. I can't speak for where you're from, but in the United States, it's like. Companies were forced by government mandates to shut down for being non essential, but getting no help from that same government that's telling Mm. them they're not allowed to operate and now they have to go out of business. And who has benefited the most from this? The powerful companies like Walmart, Amazon, WWE. Do you think for one second they want these lockdowns to shut down if they're making all this bank? Hell no. And then on top of that, it's like, who? These people have a lot of power. And they are gaining so much power by telling people, you can't do this, you can't do that, you got to wear a mask, you got to stay six feet apart, this, then, and the other. Meanwhile, they're telling people, you can't fly anywhere during Thanksgiving while they're about to walk into an airport 30 minutes to get on a flight from Denver, Colorado to Baltimore, Maryland. But nobody gets sick of power. If they get power hungry – And they have all the power. They're not going to want to get rid of that power. They're going to stick to that power. They're going to want to keep that power. They're not going to wake up one day and be like, you know what? I'm getting bored of this power. Let me give it back to the people in some way, shape, or form. Even if we come up with a cure, which apparently we have, this vaccine, even if we can create uh, herd immunity, they're going to come up with any sort of excuse to keep these mandates up because it's causing them power-hungry trips. So – that's why i'm saying this lockdown's never going to end.
0: well, you know, uh i am with you. i hope we uh hope we are proven along with some of these cuz it's almost like there's uh there is no life, but i can't tell the future in what's going to happen, and hopefully things are relaxed but regardless of what the the year brings us. The only thing we can control is the way that we are, the way that we are with uh, each other and hopefully that uh we're a little bit better with each other. We're a little bit helpful with each other. We're looking out for each other, even if it's just something as simple as ask how someone's doing, because sometimes people aren't doing too well. Uh, they're lonely, maybe on their own, or going through some things because of what's been happening with, with, uh, with jobs and lives and relationships and all that kind of thing. So, look out for your uh, for your fellow man, for your fellow woman. Uh, it's not uh, a cool thing to say; it's just the right thing to do. And on that note, me and M uh, Accuracy, well, I'm gonna enjoy this uh, monster drink that he uh, he gave me. And uh, how uh, how long will I be up if I drink
1: this? Uh, you'll probably be up for a whole day. If I give you Death oh, Wish wow. coffee, you could be up for 72 hours if you Death want. Wish coffee? What is this? It's 200% more caffeine than any other substance coffee that there is. Wow. And if you, I even just give you a sip, you may be awake for 72 hours.
0: When would you, when would you, like, drink that? Like, why would you want to Well, like...
1: first off, first off, I would never drink it. Um, I meant, like, a
0: situation it... where you'd need to be
1: up that long. Uh, as far as Deathwish Coffee, I don't know. I mean, unless you're going into combat and you always want to be alert.
0: <laughs> you know, I am a big fan of coffee. And, and since you've just uh, said that, I'm going to research up Deathwish Coffee and see uh, if it's... See, I don't know if I want to try it or not. but uh, Maybe that could be my new death. 2021, the Jamco tastes Deathwish Coffee and how long does he stay up with? And Jesus Christ, if it all goes terrible, I will blame M
1: accuracy for this. Fair enough. I, I'm i to blame for everything in life, so there you
0: go. Well, we're heading on down the road. Happy New Year once again to everybody, and uh, hope you had uh, some great holidays. We'll be back with some more uh, talk with some CAW people, and maybe just anybody who isn't in CAW, anyone who has a story to tell. Christy, would you like to say anything before we head on down the road, as I always say?
1: Just that, hey, don't take what I say as personal. What I said on this podcast was not meant to be personal. It was just my critique of what has happened. I hope I was fair. If I wasn't, let me know. You don't need to remove me as a friend. We can talk it out privately. We can talk it out. I'm not here to create enemies. I'm here to just, if we don't get along, we don't get along. I already said that, but hey, if you have a problem with what I said, just Message me and we can talk it out. Let's not like throw hands. Maybe we can all learn something from this.
0: He said it right here. And uh, that's it. We're heading on uh, out of here. And we'll uh, catch you again real soon from M Accuracy and from the Jamco. Stay safe and be good to one another. The FWZ Talk Podcast is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Check out all things FWZ on the FWZ Collection Channel.
1: Nikita Koloff, when I was tasting you, brother, I found you to be not so bad at all.